0: WellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness
1: into your lives it's time to kick your shoes off put your heels up and listen to how to live your best
0: barefoot lifestyle with your host the barefoot podiatrist paul thompson hello and welcome back to the barefoot movement podcast i'm your host paul thompson Today, I have with me Daniel Angelini, the founder of Movi Workspace Standing Desks and the author of The Sitting Epidemic. So, huge welcome, Daniel.
1: Thanks very much, Paul. Good to be here.
0: Very excited to have you here. We first met down at uh, the Wellness Summit. We got a, a glimpse of your standing desks before they hit the market. It was very exciting. They're a very flash-looking um, standing desk. Uh, we yep. got some pretty thanks cool features, which um, I'm excited to talk about uh, later on. But yeah, congratulations on launching this awesome product and the and the book.
1: Awesome, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey. It's been a few years in the making. Um, it was good to do the the wellness summit. It was a great event. Those guys are a lot of fun. It's uh, it's interesting doing wellness type summits, though. You know, we we've kind of got like the the bone broth and. And the uh, the manuka honey, and then the standing desk. So and it definitely, yeah. it was
0: kind of weird, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's
1: yeah. <laughs> we're bringing a little bit of a different perspective to that. So we're, showing, many... we're showing
0: what real wellness is about. <laughs> that's
1: right. It's a, it's a big picture. It's a big puzzle. So, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: So to get started, let's have a chat about you, mate. So my understanding is your background is in IT. So. Talk yeah. us through how you go from IT where you're obviously sitting all day to then realizing you hate sitting and want to change the world and make everyone stand yeah. up.
1: What's, That's <laughs> it. Talk us yeah, through your journey. Well, I guess like going way back, I've always had a really big passion for health. Um, probably from my sort of teenage years, I started to take a, a big interest in um, nutrition and you know even Chinese medicine, and just sort of broadening the horizon behind you know beyond um, what what we sort of used to get fed as as health twenty years ago or so, which was really much just about going to the doctor and exercising and that 's about it so i've always kind of been really curious and and started um, trying to gather my own kind of knowledge around around health so it 's always been something that 's kind of bubbled along and Probably about six or seven years ago, um I had this sort of event happen in the family where some of my family members had been hit with some pretty bad lower back pain issues and it was pretty confronting and you know, stopped them sort of in their tracks and you know, hit my dad and he's in his um mid-50s, really active guy, and it kind of slowed him down quite a bit. And it was sort of um, you know, a little bit of a uh kind of confronting experience to see, you know, your your family members kind of Um, have this this sort of issue and this pain and all that kind of stuff, which I hadn't really, you know, experienced before. So um that sent me on a little bit of a kind of like a research journey and I started trying to understand what the cause behind all of this was. Um at the same time I was working, you know, sort of worked in offices for probably 12, 13 years in that IT digital sort of field. And the thing with that space is that um, Everything with sittings kind of amplified because you do everything online, you do everything through the screen, like you're always, you know, messaging, collaborating online, video conferencing. Like if you have to get away from your desk, then they sort of look at it as like, well, you're wasting your time. You could be more efficient just, you know, hitting Skype or hitting a message or emailing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a bit a bit amplified, like you, you know, and it was getting progressively more and more like that over the, you know, over that period of my career where in the later years, it was kind of like, "Hey, don't worry about seeing someone face to face for a coffee. You've got to, you've got to, you know, give them a call and, and spend ten minutes, and that's that's more efficient." So um, it's kind of lacking that that you know face to face human element of it, um, and so sort of doing this kind of research journey started me thinking about what was the cause of um you know this this sort of like lower back problem my dad had, had and he eventually had to have surgery for it and all this sort of thing but he's really active he exercises all the time and that's when i started coming across a whole lot of medical journals that were talking about the connection between physical inactivity and sitting too much and lower back problems and then from there also kind of opened this huge can of worms around what are the health impacts um you know not moving enough has on our body and so as I started to dig into that, it was just huge. You know, I sort of found all of this research that was linking um, things like, you know, increased rates in diabetes, heart disease, um, postural problems, um, you know, a whole range of different issues to physical inactivity. It was this massive thing. So the more I sort of learned, the more I became passionate about, about this topic because it affects so many people. Um, you know, with technology now, we just rely on gadgets and screens and all that sort of stuff so much. And we're probably not going to change that anytime soon, right? Like we're not going to mm. get rid of these devices. We use them all the time. We're using them more and more. So that's when I started thinking, okay, well, how do we, I wanted to validate what the real, what what the science was saying, and make sure, you know, I've got a good foundation in that first. So it's a couple of years of research. So I've been sort of working on this for maybe three or four years now Mm. or or thereabouts, like quite seriously, you know, beforehand it was probably just researching and and, and reading and that sort of thing, but it's probably been about three or four years of of a process for Movi. And so, um, you know, putting together this book was the first step and that was a matter of doing a whole lot of research, um, pulling together facts and stats from nearly a hundred different journals that were out there. And then, Um, talking to about 20 or 30 different health experts um, and getting a different perspective on, um, you know, from their field. So talking to physios and osteos, but also talking to like, um, you know, spinal surgeons and um, people who have got a background in Chinese medicine and just a really broad range of different health experts to get their view on this topic because I'm not a doctor. I don't have that qualification. Um, haven't done that study. So I wanted to confirm what I was reading and researching and make sure that aligned with what the real you know health experts were saying. And, yeah, there's a, a lot of that stuff covered off in the book, but um, you know, by all means, it kind of all points to the fact that our bodies are designed to move, we sit too much these days, and we need to change what we're doing with our body on a day-to-day basis. So for me, I, I just figured that, changing the way we work is the opportunity because for so many people, um, we're at the desk. We spend 40-odd hours a week at the desk. We're at work. So if we can find a way to make work a healthier place, a better place for our body and our mind and everything, then we're all going to benefit from it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so we're really just getting started with Movi, I guess like the book is kind of an um, educational piece. It's sort of like, you know, why should we care about this topic Let's talk about that and let's understand it. And then, um, you know, some of the other things we're doing with products in the office is is kind of the other stream of what we're working on too. So that's the standing desk and hopefully some other products in the future.
0: Oh, very exciting. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what comes out there. From the research that you've done and clearly the title of your book probably answers this anyway, but do you think um, – yeah, the sitting is as bad as people are making out from your research. Yeah,
1: yeah look, I, I think it is. And I think the, the tricky thing is that it's um, it's a really unassuming task. It's not like smoking or drinking too much or, you know, eating junk food or whatever it is, which is really black and white.
2: Mm.
1: It's something which is just kind of very subtle. It's built into our lifestyle. It's all around us. It's really hard to avoid. But, you know, when, when looking at the stats again, so, you know, in Australia, it's about 70% of adults are classed as sedentary and not getting enough and not getting adequate levels of physical activity. Mm. Um, and 70%, it's, you know, it's like it's nearly 20 or well, 18 million Australians or something like that. It's a huge number. Um, then if we look at some of the research Medibank have done, they say that physical inactivities or low levels of um, physical activity is costing a billion dollars a year in healthcare costs because it's creating other issues for the body that then goes on to create, you know, things like rehab and, and lower back surgery and, and you know, all these other kind of issues that are, that are popping up, um, diabetes in particular, mm. overweight and obesity issues as well. So, um, you know, a lot of those statistics are, are trending up and up. And I mean, yeah, it can come from food and and other sort of things, but um, really, it's kind of just like the makeup of our body. We we really need movement, and we're doing less and less of it as we advance. And I think we try to f- find ways to see like what's causing this, and it comes down to things like you know technology. Obviously, there's a whole lot of that. Um, by nature, humans love comfort and and convenience, and there's more and more of that now. You know, there's a lot of things we can do at the press of a button. Um, we're becoming more and more mind-dominated too. So, you know, if you look at the way industries are changing, we're doing less intense manual physical labor and we're doing more and more mm-hmm. with the use of our mind and through laptops and computers and all that sort of stuff. So there's all these kind of shifts that are happening and um, and we're leaving this chunk of physical activity behind. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the other things we covered off too was some research around Doing exercise and saying, well, you know, I exercise at the gym this morning, but then I go to work. What happens then? You know, if I'm at the gym for 45 minutes or an hour, and then I'm sitting for 10, does that cancel out? And it actually doesn't. Still, it still reduces your risk a little bit. It's obviously great, and there's heaps of benefits from doing a lot of exercise regularly. But um, you know, movement and and walking and just changing your posture regularly is what we need to do. So it's not as hard as we. Uh, might think to overcome or start solving that problem. And there's a lot of things we can do throughout the day. But the hardest part is just changing your behavior and and breaking this habit. We have this habit of, you know, I used to do it as well. I remember one of my jobs I used to have, I'd grab a coffee downstairs, jump in the lift, head upstairs, sit down and, you know, kind of headphones in, work away for, I don't know, three, four hours, wouldn't move till lunchtime, basically. That's the stuff that really starts to create problems because everything stiffens up i'm sure as you know like from your background you could probably talk to that a bit more but like your joints your ligaments everything starts stiffening up when you're not moving for that many hours like when you're on a flight hmm. um and that then creates you know postural problems and weakening of your muscles and your abs and your glutes and all these kind of things so that's kind of then what triggers this lower back pain issue so i actually had um i actually had sciatica when i was like 26 um from sitting and then coming home and 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 running like doing laps of um albert park lake in melbourne and uh not warming up not stretching enough it was cold it's in winter and all that sort of stuff and i did that for a few months and i was like what's going on it was brutal it lasted like a month it's a worse pain mm, my <laughs> it can affect you at, it can affect you at any age and it, it literally hung around for like a year and now that i look back i'm like well that kind of makes sense you know if you're if you're weakening parts of your 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 body and muscles and all that sort of stuff the whole system's not working well together and then you go and push yourself at the gym or you push yourself running or whatever it might be you're really in a risky sort of territory yeah um and and you just you just don't even think about it. I think that's the dangerous thing about it. You kind of it's very unassuming. It's just like oh well, mm. sitting on a couch, sitting at work, who cares? Not a big deal. But you know, it's it's not an impossible thing to overcome, and um and that's the thing that we've got to keep in mind. Like change is is definitely possible. We can get a lot of benefit from it, and um it is possible to incorporate things you know into the way we work, and that's what we started doing in my last. You know, my last job before I kind of parted ways and wanted to really focus on this um, more intensely was introducing things into the workday, like walking meetings and standing meetings, and lunchtime walking groups, and you know all this sort of stuff. And before you know it, by the end of the day, you've clocked up your you know seven or eight or ten thousand steps, and you know you've hit these kind of goals and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's just try to make it a little bit more. Um, integrated rather than thinking well i'm so busy if i don't get to the gym in the morning then i'm doomed for the day and i'm not going to do any exercise i'm not going to use my body and all that sort of stuff i think that's the problem you know if if we're constantly thinking of separating like our day and our our work and all that sort of stuff with exercise then if you miss the exercise you've got no nothing else going on so yeah but
0: i think too it's important to like make note that I see it all the time, right, from a lower back right through to to foot issues where, you know, people don't link that, you know, or they'll say to me, you know, they're quite active, they train every day or, um, you know, for an hour at the gym or they, they run five times a week, whatever it may be. But then when you break it down, you know, that hour a day or two hours a day if they're super active, is well and truly counterbalanced by the, you know, eight hours, ten hours by the time they commute, um, if not more by yeah. the time they sit on the lounge at home and whatever. That that ten hours say per day sitting is creating some really strong habits and changing yeah. movement patterns that when you are moving, you're not actually moving that well anymore because of the mm. stuff like what you said. You know, you're changing muscle engagement, you're um, stiffening up in certain joints. So, the quality of exercise and movement that you're getting that hour a day is risky because you're not actually moving as well as you should be because like you said earlier, you know, we're designed to move. That's what Mm. our body is made. Yeah. You know, movement, the most simple um, thing with movement is it helps push blood around your body.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're not
0: moving, then that's one system of many that start to... Uh, become challenged and compromised. Yeah. So, yeah, movement is a, a really important thing. Do you, from a posture point of view, um, you mentioned before. There's some links between lower back pain and um, and sitting too much. Did you find? Did you come across some of that in your research when you were? There yeah. some pretty strong links there.
1: Yeah, definitely in the research, and also if you talk to anyone with a you know background in osteopathy, chiropractic, physio, that sort of thing too. There's a few different things. I think in terms of lower back pain, there's probably um, three or four main areas. One, the first one is is weakened abs. So when we're sitting, we don't have any engagement of our abs and they can weaken over time, similar with, with glutes. Um, we're not engaging them at all. When we're standing, we're actually engaging all of these muscles. So when we're sitting, if they're not being used, then over time, they can start to reduce in terms of their strength mm. um, and then that impacts our ability to have the right type of postural stability mm. um, because they've become weakened. So the other thing is, you know, hip flexors as well, um, they contract when we sit because our legs come out and they're sort of in a short and contracted position. So over time they shorten, it impacts our stride length and and balance and that sort of thing. So combined abs, glutes, hip flexors, a lot of the time that um, restricts the motion of the spine, lower spine, and that's kind of what mm. then, you know, opens the back up to um you know, twigging something or kind of yeah. having a having a moment where you, you kind of just spring something in your back and, and it creates an issue. Um, it's kind of in building and building and you think, oh, that's why so many people, you know, picking up a box or doing something like that or twisting or whatever it might be. Um, and something kind of, you know, gives way, but it's kind of, it's, it's underlying and it's yeah, sort of it's building up over building. time. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, speaking to a friend of mine who's an osteo and he's just like, um, you know, we went out to lunch and grabbed a bite and he was like, I've got to stop observing people because I can see that computer posture. And he's like, you know, if I'm observing and spotting people, I can see, you know, uh, head and shoulders kind of, or neck and shoulders, up and forward and and that kind of over the over the desk sort of thing, which yeah, yeah, you know I guess that's another benefit of standing like when you 're standing upright, you can really roll your shoulders back, open up your posture, be a lot more sort of symmetrical and square, and, and really open up your stance a lot, and even that from a um, from a psychological point of view, one of the experts we spoke to was a psychologist, and they're talking mm. about you know standing and being on your feet, being an empowering um stance and empowering posture so there's some research to show that you know using a standing desk or having the option to stand um instead of sitting has had some um you know positive impacts on mood can reduce stress can reduce anxiety and that sort of thing because it's a more kind of empowering energetic uplifting sort of posture for us to be in so Mm. yeah that's pretty interesting yeah definitely and i think it's i mean look i you know, I always say to people like, give it a try and see, see how you feel. Mm. And, um, you know, we can touch on this a little bit later, but, um, there's definitely some sort of guidelines with how to use standing desks properly. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of misinformation or maybe just no rules out there on how to use them, but it's definitely not something where you need to ditch your chair and stand for 10 hours a day. Cause that's, that's, you know, shocking. You'll end up with heaps of problems doing that as well. But, yeah. Um, Switching up your posture is the, is the main thing. You need to just keep changing between sitting, standing, moving as regularly as possible.
0: Mm. So before we jump into that, um, just touching back on the posture side of things, with those tight hip flexors, weak glutes, weakened abs, like I see it in clinic all the time, and you start to end up with this um, tilted pelvis as well. So you start compressing the lower back, that changes the way you um, your body connects to your feet and the position of your feet. So that can quite often end up you know, changing your gait patterns so your walking patterns mm-hmm. um, as well as standing patterns and yeah. the link between the foot and the hips. And I think it's also important to just throw in there as well that when you're sitting all day, you're not only weakening your abs, you're compressing your like stomach area, which I think I've touched on it in the in a previous podcast, but so if you're sitting for long periods of time, that's compressing the belly, which changes your breathing patterns. Mm. And breathing patterns, so being able to diaphragmatically breathe and breathe deep into your belly, is um, well, it's a natural way of breathing. Like toddlers, that's how they breathe. There's also a lot of yoga type uh, breathing patterns around that because yep. that type of pattern of breathing get you out of fight or flight mode
2: yeah, and yeah, into rest right. and
0: restore mode. So it actually reduces, um, yeah, stress patterns as well, as well as helping posturally Interesting. by breathing yeah. deep into and the And it's belly, more so. difficult
1: for when you do it. It's more difficult to do that, achieve that when you are sitting compared yeah. to when you're, yeah. Unless yeah. you're
0: sitting and really focusing on doing that. Yeah, um, sure It's really is. easy for that to switch off because you're compressing, right? Like our natural resting position as humans would be, standing squatting or laying yeah right Um, i mean we may have sat on some logs and stuff but we wouldn't have been doing that for long periods of time and in a deep squat your core is still quite open um so your belly is quite open like you're not compressing it and and bending in half like you do in a chair you're still quite upright but your glutes and and all those other things are firing as well yeah you still can breathe um, sure. Quite deep in that position. Yeah. Um, so chairs have really kind of screwed us over, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: They've crept in everywhere. Um, Seriously. I actually was wanting to ask you when yeah. we were at the summit in Melbourne, you were talking about standing and creating torque in your feet. Yeah. To get the right type of posture. Could you take me through that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, for sure. So this will kind of tie into. Um, how to stand properly and how to then get into um, using standing desks properly because like you mentioned before, there is a misconception around standing, um, same as there is with walking, in that people just assume, you know, it's a kind of pretty easy thing to do, right? We stand up all the time. We walk different places, um, even breathing, right? We just do it. But there is a correct way to stand. And if we were left (laughs) to not sit in chairs all of our life, we probably wouldn't need um, to learn how to stand again. But because of all these muscles um, and breathing patterns and stiffness in joints um, changing over time, we do actually need to become more aware of how we're standing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, my big tip for people when I'm teaching them to stand is we obviously go through... Uh, checking joint range of motion, uh, learning how to put the pelvis back into a neutral position while standing, how to use the core properly, how to use the glutes, like all those need to be firing again. Yep. Otherwise, you could be putting yourself at risk anyway, True. in my opinion, of just going back to trying to stand for long periods of time. Um, but yeah, I try and get people to create talk. So it's yep. putting your feet in a straighter position. A lot of people... Um, with the computer posture, we'll end up having more of a splayed sort of duck-footed um, mm-hmm. position. It kind of gets more comfortable because the hips get into, or um, well, because the glutes don't fire, it's harder to create torque, so we end up twisting our legs out further, if that kind of makes yeah. sense. So bringing your feet back into a straighter position without causing pain and screwing your feet into the ground mm-hmm. actually starts to create torque, so you start winding your arches up by doing uh, that?
1: So rolling out to the outside edges yeah, of the feet? Yeah, so you're almost pushing your in. Right.
0: Well, you still want um, four points of contact under the foot.
1: Yep.
2: So
0: you still want big toe joint, little toe joint, inside and outside of heel firmly yep. on the ground. But you're creating this um, external rotation. So the knees are kind of twisting out away from each other gently, like yep. you're not causing yep. enough torque to break things. But by winding the feet up and screwing them into the ground, you're creating that bit of an arch in the foot. Yeah, you're getting the glutes to turn back on. You're pulling your pelvis back into the neutral. Your core will come back on. Um, mm-hmm. By doing that, you quite often then stand a bit taller through the thoracic. Yeah. So, and is using, that almost
1: like you're lifting your your toes a little bit? Is that kind you of to almost toes still,
0: relaxed?
1: Still, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: on the ground, there's more that you you're kind of twisting out. So for those that have been on my Instagram, there's a, a or Facebook. There's a position called the short foot that I quite often talk about. It's a, an exercise that creates that sort of external rotation through the foot, but it's keeping the toes fairly relaxed. It's more of the arch
2: mm-hmm.
0: is twisting up and contracting, but by using the whole leg or well, the whole body to create that torque, you. Start to create a bit of free energy as well, in that you're not just using muscles; you're actually using a bit of that torque energy yeah. to help hold stuff there.
2: Yeah, um,
0: sure. it's the same as like when you're standing and the core's on; like it shouldn't be a super hard thing to achieve. But by over time standing and creating that torque, it just becomes more of a habit. Um, yeah. I find and puts you in a better position, so yeah. you're not still dumping the pelvis or. Um, yeah, like so. I see people standing all the time incorrectly. You know, like so it's just a way of trying to um, create a bit of awareness around that. Sure, so that's really the, the
1: foundation, stuff. isn't it? I mean, it's it's the it's the base. I used to notice that when I was when I started standing, I would be leaning forward and mm-hmm. sort of like leaning towards the screen essentially. So I'd be standing up, but with an angle leaning towards my desk. Yeah. You know, And then that's kind of putting a lot more pressure on your knees and your, your quads and kind of just creating a bit of imbalance in the in the body. And then mm. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then, I don't know, I might have seen a reflection in the window or glass or something like that and then realized. And then sort of you come back to neutral and you sort of just try and go straight up and, and you know, stack yourself in a really sort of linear way and, and just yeah. be conscious of that because, yeah, we lean in a lot of the time and I guess – that's that whole idea of that, you know, computer posture when you're sitting down, you're hunching over and all that sort of thing. So, mm. yeah, when you're standing, you've got to be mindful of that and just try to be really straight up and get the right ergonomics and, and make sure, you know, your screen's elevated and all that kind of stuff so that it makes it easier for you and it's working, you're getting the benefits.
0: Mm. And I think, like again, from what I see in, in clinic, when transitioning to standing desks, I think it's important to understand um or even get someone like you need a starting point, right? Like you need to know how you are standing. So the simplest thing could be getting someone to take a photo of you like a colleague, you know, from the side um, and getting a, a bit of a baseline of, yeah, are you leaning forward like you were just saying, you know, are you arching your back significantly like is your head tilted forward? Like just get a bit of a snapshot so you have a bit of an awareness around what you may need to correct or yeah. alternatively get assessed by someone if you're... You know, are getting pain, or you're not sure if you're standing properly. Yeah, because you don't. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think standing is a fantastic thing to uh, be doing and getting movement in through the day. But if you've been sitting for years, you kind of want to, yeah, take the the standing desk approach safely and and get into it in a way that's going to benefit you and your health. I mean, some people are pretty lucky and will just do it and be awesome and just be fine, um, similar to barefoot shoes, right? Like yeah. I've seen that become problematic in the past where like um, Vibram Five Fingers ended up getting sued because people were jumping from – they also made some claims that um, were kind of beyond what their shoe would do anyway. But um, again, people were just going from – these heeled sort of cushioned shoes, yeah, yeah. running their marathons, switching shoes overnight, running the marathon barefoot and getting absolutely smashed. Mm. But it was that the posture was wrong, not the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important with standing desks, we, we take a similar approach that it's you still need to fix the underlying issues um, as well, in my opinion, to, to do this safely and really get the benefits um, that are out there by moving and standing more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, And there's no, yeah. there's no kind of substitute for getting, um, a professional opinion on this sort of stuff too. Like it's a great tool, you know, and mm. we've got plenty of tips around this sort of thing about how to get moving more and whatever. But, you know, as you say, like, this is, this is your specialty and you'll see things that other people won't see and, and you can then, um, coach people through it and help them develop mm. that. So, Definitely, and you know, I've, I've similar sort of thing with um, different practitioners that I've seen over the years, and um, it, it definitely helps to, you know, helps you get the benefit out of it. it helps to um, just prevent any kind of injury or or anything. Like you, you're going to be, yeah, just in alignment more, and you're going to be sort of looking after yourself, and being more preventative by having. Um, someone that you see regularly or or someone that you can kind of refer to as an expert
2: mm,
0: definitely the other thing while we're talking about standing and posture <laughs> is footwear right like and again anyone that's followed any of my work they'll understand um, that heels high heels are everywhere you know joggers have a yeah. built-in heel um, yeah, nearly every shoe we Buy these days have a raised heel so it's also important to understand that if we're going into a standing position like how high is the yeah. heel you're standing in you know yeah. cause that's going to tilt your posture forward as well so
1: definitely
0: you know it's it's just a few things that we need to be yeah mindful of when when standing because it's not as simple yeah. as just
1: standing sure. upright
0: like which is why you read yeah. the book about it <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's yeah, not definitely. that simple love- it's not by a standing desk and stand it's yeah, you, know, you need yeah. to read the book. You need to sure. learn how to, to do this stuff and, and understand um, other things that may compromise how you're standing and, and lead to not getting the full benefits, but also lead to yeah, potential injury, which is not what
1: definitely any of us want. Like. Yeah. And you know, I mean I get often often asked the question, you know, how many hours a day should I be standing for? And it's kind of like someone gave me the, the analogy once of saying, um, you know, it's like if you said there's only one gym program, one weights program for everyone. Mm. It's the same sort of thing. Like there's so many factors. There's, um, you know, if you've got any pre-existing conditions, if you've got any injuries, yeah. your fitness level, if you're if you're you know more muscular, if you're you know all those kind of things. So mm. it's really tricky to say, okay, the magic number is you know three hours a day or or whatever it might be. But um, in terms of footwear, yeah, it's a really important. Um, factor and mm. something that maybe it 's a little bit easier for guys because generally shoes are a bit flatter and 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 that sort of thing, but for women it's it's um it 's something to really be mindful of because if they start using a standing desk and they 've got really high heel shoes or you know even even an inch or two it 's still like uh going to have a big impact on their posture so it's but even def-
0: like men 's shoes like most dress shoes would have anywhere from one and a half centimeters upwards. Yeah, it shifts your center of gravity forward. forward. Obviously, the yeah. higher the heel, the more forward your posture gets tilted, and the more you have to absorb that through, um, like your hips and your lower back. Yeah. Um, but even one and a half centimeters, it's huge. It changes mm. posture, and there's compromises happening further upstream. Yeah. That, and it, you may not feel it as quick, but over time, like I see guys. Who stand for work um, and move a lot, like they might be in like warehouses or whatever. But they're in these massive, big, chunky boots that have two centimeter heels. The toes of the shoes don't bend properly, and you know you'd think that they're they're moving all day. They're doing this stuff, like they should be, you know, reasonably okay. But they're not. Like
2: yeah. the
0: footwear can have a huge impact on some people, not all.
2: Yeah, But yeah.
0: It can definitely be something that needs to be. You know, if you find that you're kind of getting stuck, you know, you're doing exercises, you've transitioned slowly, like there's all this, you've done everything else right. Like shoes is a big factor. You need to kind of yeah. to check in and make sure that, you know, yeah, the shoes aren't what's causing
1: yeah.
2: the
0: sticking point for you.
2: Sure, definitely. Yeah.
0: So some of the benefits I read on your website, like standing can boost productivity. Can increase engagement. Um, yep. We've already touched on that. It improves health, reduces disease risk. Can you just yep. elaborate on a couple of those and
2: For sure? You
1: know,
0: how does how does it boost productivity and engagement? Yeah,
1: yeah. No worries. Well, I guess the first thing is really about as you mentioned before circulation and and breathing. So when we're standing with the correct posture, we can open our chest and we can have a deeper lung capacity. So we're getting um, better breathing, more ox- oxygen into the body, and uh, we increase circulation so we have better blood flow. Um, you know, Chinese medicine, they call it qi. The qi stagnates. If we don't move, we say we improve our circulation when we move. So um, same sort of thing, but we we encourage that kind of um, circulation of the blood when we're standing up and we're engaging our muscles, we're breathing better. So those things happen you know, sort of instantaneously, um, in terms of, um, I guess muscle sort of engagement and metabolism, we're burning about 30% more calories when we're standing up compared Mm. to sitting and we have two and a half times the muscle engagement when we're standing. So those things also help with, um, yeah, just metabolism, energy. And there's been, quite a few studies now and there's more and more studies specifically looking at you know the use of standing desks in in workplaces and what impact that has on engagement productivity and that sort of thing um and you know some studies have said that people that have the option to change their posture use standing desks get moving more throughout the day can be as much as 50 percent more productive Mm -hmm. Um, now a lot of these studies have sort of come from uh, call centers and, and people that are, you know, customer engagement and all that kind of stuff, when they're on their feet, they just feel more energized and they're getting more output done and they're measuring that. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a really big benefit for, for businesses. In terms of engagement, um, Medibank have actually done a lot of great research and um, some of the reports we covered in the book as well. But they talk about, you know, the difference between someone who's, uh, you know, a staff member who's healthy versus unhealthy. And the, you know, the difference in sort of engagement, sick leave and all these kind of things. And, you know, there's definitely a huge benefit there too. So having done this research, we sort of see like movement is really a key thing. We've got, we've got nutrition and we've got um, mindfulness and we've got all these kind of different elements to it, but movement is a really big part of it as well. So mm. um, then, you know, in terms of disease prevention, I mean, it's been linked to, um a, you know, um, as I said before, it's been linked to diabetes, heart disease risk, um, cholesterol, different types of cancer, and that sort of thing. One really interesting point was around diabetes, and that's mm. something now where you look at the stats and it's increasing it's year huge, on year. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And um, uh, just by standing or walking after we eat, we can reduce that risk by you know about fifty or sixty percent mm. um, because we can burn. the the energy that goes into our body after eating. So we can metabolize that quicker if we're walking or or standing and we're letting that sort of flow through to our muscles and we're, we're using that up. Whereas if we're sitting, we're not really engaging muscles, circulation slows down. And we have a blood sugar spike, and that increases our risk of diabetes. So mm. um, it makes
0: sense, right? Like you're putting this fuel in your body, but they're not burning exactly, the fuel.
1: and it's not going anywhere. It's got no outlet, and there's no mm. sort of channel. We're not, we're not burning it. And we're not distributing it throughout our body. So it's like you, you just know,
0: keep filling the car up, but you never drive it, and wonder why the, the tank's overflowing. It's like yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: that's right. And and so that's why, like you know, uh, when you when we're busy, the, the worst is really from a health point of view. If we're busy and we're flat out at work then all of these things start to go out the window. You know, it's like eating meals and having lunch at your desk um, versus taking a walk, having a bite, and then walking back, mm. um, you know, and doing that every day of the week and and not getting that extra 20 or 30 minutes of movement at lunchtime. It's a really big factor. Um, and. Again, you know, a di- from a diabetes point of view, that's that's a that's a risk factor as well because we're just consuming, sitting at the desk and, and not moving. And um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it definitely has a whole range of different um, health benefits. Um, you know, and I think that in terms of how to use these things properly, I guess there's a there's a bit of miscommunication out there. You know, a lot of the time people say, well, it, it's not it doesn't give you all the benefits. There's a whole lot of problems that come from it. And a lot of the times the the problematic stuff is when people are actually talking about people or, uh, workers that stand, but don't have the ability to sit. So people who are maybe in hospitality, Mm. um, you know, checkout clerks and all that kind of stuff where they're actually standing for 10 hours and they don't have the ability to sit. It's definitely, and as you say before, you know, there needs to be a transition period. So, um, you need to sort of gradually incorporate this into your day and mm. build up over time so that your body can adjust and adapt to it and then you can increase it gradually and slowly and that sort of thing. So, you know, so the, with aim the
0: transitioning, is do you have like a a guideline or template that you would recommend? Like
1: Yeah, I mean we, we cover it a bit more in the book, but I think it's really about um, you know, working to working to about two hours a day
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and if you feel comfortable with that then you can go beyond that but that's kind of a starting point and you can do that in half an hour increments yeah. you know you can you can do half an hour at a time and you get benefit from changing your posture often so um, you might stand for half an hour then take a, a walk for two three minutes mm. do whatever you need to do come back you can keep standing um, and then after that you might sit for half an hour and just sort of and change it up. What you definitely don't wanna be doing is just saying, hey, I've got this new great thing, I'm really keen for it, ditch the chair, let's go eight hours a day um, and and smash it that way because yeah, it's a huge change and a massive shift um, in the way that you work. So that's sort of one of the things. Um, It's also, it's not about creating like unrealistic goals. I think it's just just gradually when you feel comfortable, um, you can increase it, but a couple of hours a day, um, a lot of recommendations from um, you know practitioners osteopaths, chiropractics that sort of thing recommend changing posture every thirty to forty minutes so if you are standing, not to go for like you know a two hour or three hour stint without any movement because then you 're essentially going back to a static posture
2: mm.
1: and that's that 's kind of putting a lot of pressure on the body too so you know, 30 to 40 minutes and one of the things we've built into our desk is a, a move reminder. So you can set a time interval that you feel comfortable with and then every, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it might be, it'll remind you to move. And whether it's a couple of minutes to just step away from the desk, take a walk and, and shift and, and get your body moving or whether it's switching between sitting, standing, hmm. uh, they're both fine. You know, it's just about moving your body a little bit more.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome feature. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah. Just with the length of time standing, once it check. so yeah, it's obviously 30 to 40 minutes is the magic number of um, kind of trying to move between positions. I did have a listener ask the question. I know you mentioned earlier there's no – nothing's right for everyone as far as how long to stand in the day, but yeah. as an – like and take this with a grain of salt, anyone listening like, but is there a magic number that we should be aiming for to stand throughout the day?
1: Yeah, sure. I think um from from what I can gather from you know the, this the research and talking to different health experts and that sort of thing, a good place to start is to aim for about two hours a day mm-hmm. and and possibly work up to about four hours. Okay. So 4 hours is, you know, sort of half of your day. Yeah. And I guess when when we say when we say 4 hours or or 2 hours it's kind of that's the time when you're not sitting. So mm. that might be, you know, walks, breaks, stretching, whatever it might be, but Yeah and as and particularly as you increase that to say four hours then you know you might be standing for three you might be walking for one if you're doing a walking meeting a walking mm-hmm. lunch group walking to the train in the morning whatever it might be so it's you know it, it's it's growing that number but yeah generally two hours is is kind of a good place to start if you feel comfortable there then you can increase it from there um but as i said before you know breaking that two hours up into 30 or 40 minute blocks
2: Mm. is really important
1: so that's generally a good place to start and if you can increase it more sort of going for you know maybe half of your day sort of a a good amount um it does help if you are actually moving throughout the day too because you sort of just it's just natural and and it does make your your body sort of re-energize a little bit so Mm. movement is good too where you can incorporate that and we used to incorporate a lot of um walking meetings or when you're on calls you're find a meeting room or go for a walk around the block or whatever it might be rather than just sitting in a chair in a booth and and making a call, Mm. um, knowing that you're going to be talking to someone for half an hour and saying, okay, well, I'm going to take a walk around the block or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's actually a really good way to incorporate um, movement into the day. So that's where it comes back to like changing your behavior and thinking, well, let's all get on board with this and what can Mm. we do throughout the day and let's all or make it okay for us to be finding these new different ways of of, um, of moving more throughout the day. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you're feeling um, tired in the legs and you're standing, it's, you, you know, as soon as you feel that tiredness, take a break. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen to your body, right? Listen to your body yeah. and then that sort of thing. Don't just sort of push past you know expectations and think well like you know i haven't hit my move reminder i need to keep going but yeah. it's okay you can you got to listen to your body with that stuff sometimes you know i find like some days i can feel like i can stand all day and then other days i feel like after an hour or two i'm just not not feeling it so mm. i need to break it up a bit more so you know every day's a little bit different but it is important to make sure you're standing properly as yeah. you said be conscious of your of your footwear try and distribute your weight evenly um, be balanced on both feet. Try not to lean from left to right too much, and kind of bow one hip out to the side, mm. and that sort of thing for too long, because that does then you know throw everything out of alignment. So, yeah, yeah,
0: I think definitely stacking your joints, like you mentioned earlier, anyway, is yeah, really, really good thing to to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I also had a listener asking about flooring. So, with the yep. research you've done and just yeah. Um. What you've mucked around with? Do you have any tips on you know is those aero type mats, or like cushion yep. sort of mats, yep. beneficial? Are we better off on a hard surface? Like, what's your take Definitely. on on the flooring side of things?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Look, hard surface, and I mean with more and more modern design workplaces, a lot of the time now we get concrete floors or you know hardwood floor and that sort of thing. Um, they don't have as much give as a carpeted floor, and so it does put more pressure and more compression um, when you're standing. So if you do, particularly a concrete floor, if you do have a concrete mm. floor, it is really good to use one of those anti-fatigue mats um, or any kind of, you know, cushioning sort of mat. A lot of the time those things you can find at um, different types of, you know, stores, bunnings, office works and that kind of thing. But, yeah, particularly if it's a concrete floor, uh, they, they are really good to use. Um less necessary if you're in a typical sort of office environment where you've got a carpeted floor and it is sort of a bit more padded because that does cushion things a little bit Mm -hmm. um even yeah timber flooring can be quite hard so um yeah it's definitely something that that can help and you know these little tips will really determine what the experience is like if if people are on a concrete floor standing eight hours a day and whatever. Then after three weeks, they're going to go, this is the stupidest idea. I can't stand it. It doesn't work for me,
2: yeah. you know,
1: but it's, it's really, and I think that's part of the issue with some of the stuff that's out there and products and that sort of thing is like you get these products, but you don't get any guidelines and you yeah. don't get any education around it. Yeah. Um, which is partly what we're trying to do through our blog and our website and the book and all that sort of stuff is mm-hmm. say, well, you know, here's this concept. Here's why we believe it's a really good thing. And, here's how to do it safely and correctly so that you get the benefit out of it. And I know personally I've experienced a lot of benefit from it Mm. and I really enjoy it and it really sort of changed the way I worked. And I, you know, I never really um, loved just getting to work, like kind of you jump out of bed, you're fresh, you're doing the commute, you get to work and it's like sit down and sit, 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 get up, rush home. And it's just like it sort of felt like it was kind of draining a little bit. Um, but Incorporating more movement and standing throughout the day definitely helps with, you know, re-energizing and, and focus and, and that sort of thing.
2: Mm. And
0: that's what I really liked about uh, you and your company when I met you down at the summit was, you know, I see a lot of different uh, products around and same as in the shoe industry. Like people just design a product for the sake of having a product. But I really liked the you understood and and research and you know want to know why your product um, will help people and you know you're really passionate about yeah designing and making something that's will tie in with achieving those health benefits and a part of that is through the education I think that's really um, I like that (laughs) I think it's really cool yeah yeah definitely as you say you
1: know barefoot shoes I mean I I was really interested in that stuff and I kind of mm. dabbled a little bit with like Nike frees, which were mm. more on the safer side, but yeah, you know, I saw those, those five finger sort of shoes. And for me, I thought I would love to be able to use them safely and properly, mm. but I'm sure I'm going to have to really relearn how to run and yeah. get my technique right and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, you know, it's, it's probably a bit too extreme because you've got to invest so much time in understanding how to use them properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it was like, you know, cool idea, love it, but it's probably not going to be a good idea for me. You know, it's just mm. it's, it's too much of a jump from from what I do normally. So
0: Tell us about the desks. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, they look really cool. For anyone that hasn't uh, seen them, you need to jump on the, the website, which is M-O-V-I-W-O-R-K-S-P-A-C-E. Mobiworkspace.com. Um, you can check out the the look of the desk. But tell us about some of these features, like the design. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the desk.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we did a lot of, again, as you can, t- like, as you can see, there's a bit of this trend with research. That's probably like my thing, big mm. thinker and think, think, think before jumping in and all that sort of stuff. Pretty so passionate. again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, with this, it was a matter of like, Looking at what was out there on the market, looking at what was available, and seeing how people use them, mm-hmm. and um, then uncovering what was, you know, good with those things, what were the downsides, and then going off and trying to design something that overcomes those downsides and shortfalls of, of the other yeah. things. So, you know, we we sort of did a bit of a bit of observation and, um, uh, you know, understanding of how people using these products first gathered a lot of that stuff and then started to formulate what we wanted to design. And we really wanted to design something that was going to be really practical for people to use and cover a whole broad spectrum of different sizes of people and heights and all that sort of thing. So we wanted it to be really easy to use. We wanted it to be suitable for any type of person um, in terms of, you know, size and all the rest. So, what we did was we we thought we needed to start with something that was as close to your existing desk as possible. So people need space to work. So we need a really big flat surface. And then we need the ability to adjust between certain heights and we needed to cater for people from, you know, five foot to six foot four because that's kind of the broad spectrum of different heights. We needed to be um, – easy for people to use where they have an injury or maybe they're unable to manually lift something because it's too heavy mm-hmm. for them or, you know, whenever they're pregnant or whatever the condition might be. So mm-hmm. um, so it needed to be sort of big and spacious, needed to be easy to lift, needed to cater for different ergonomic requirements and that sort of thing. So that's sort of, they were the main ingredients that we put into this product design and then we were like, "Okay, well, how do we come up with a product that yeah uh, you know, mechanically works, and how do we engineer something that allows us to achieve all of that stuff?" Mm. So it was really tricky. It took us you know a couple of years to to figure all that out, and we looked at a whole bunch of different mechanical options and um, basically, the design that we have has got a patent on it because it is something that hasn't been done before, so you know we're really breaking new ground it looks very simple and it's it's kind of very concealed and it's it's minimal but um, I guess you start really wide and then the end solution looks so obvious and so simple because you boiled it down to something that's quite you know simplistic like apple products I guess you know they they look so simple but they can do so much so mm. um, yeah so there was a it was a long process to create um, the product design that we did but Um, you know, the big differences are that it, it really does give you a lot of practical space. It's really easy to adjust. Um, we've got an electric motor in it, which allows you to adjust the height. It's got a screen on it, which shows you your exact standing height. So you can adjust it in, in one centimeter increments, then lock in your exact standing height and then just hit one button. It'll alternate between sitting and standing. Mm. Um, we've got a move reminder built into it. It's got USB ports built into it as well for charging um we're using bamboo because we wanted to use a sustainable material so there's all these kind of differences we think compared to other things that are on the market that are generally not that stable give you a little bit of space not enough um you know they're they're difficult to lift and occupational therapists we spoke to don't recommend that kind of manual lift system a lot of the time Mm. so it's
0: sort of well, especially doing that sort of day in, day out, every 30, 40 minutes, trying to lift it up and down. Yeah. That has its own risks,
2: Yeah, obviously. Right. So,
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's fine when you, you know, fit and able and all that sort of thing, but um, in terms of being suitable for everyone, it's not – it doesn't cover everyone. And as we spoke to occupational therapists and people in OH&S, that's what we kind of discovered. It was like, well, you know – in, in the perfect conditions, yeah, it's fine to be doing that manual lift, but it's not suitable for everyone. So, mm. yeah, and so we've sort of designed this product that's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the closest thing to basically installing a full sized standing desk in your office, but without having to replace any of your existing furniture and remove anything, because that, what we found also is that that has a lot of cost and mm. a lot of hidden sort of disruption to it. Um, you know, dismantling stuff and uh, then, you know, assembling new equipment, rewiring, disposing of the old furniture. And, you know, some some of our customers say that going through that process can cost almost $5,000 per person. Mm. Uh, They're a great option, especially for like home offices and that sort of thing, to get one of those full-size desks. You can grab something from Ikea, but for, for businesses and offices that have already got a fit out and they've got seated desks in there, you know they can they can basically pop this on their desk plug it in and they're up and running in 30 seconds. Was I
0: love the, to look at this hey cuz it's you do just pop it literally on your desk yeah. plug it in and you're good to yeah. roll.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're good to go and it's really not that hard to get the right ergonomics and you've got plenty of space and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's pretty um you know sort of foolproof in that way mm. in that yeah, it's literally sort of plug and play and it Pretty much gives you all that benefit of of having your existing desk but just elevated. Yeah. Um but a really quick and easy solution to install. So
0: Yeah. I love that it It has the the reminder is such a cool feature to remind you to get up and down throughout the day. But the simplicity of pushing the button and you're back down in in sitting or you're back up in um, standing within kind of it's not very long is it what's it take to go yeah. up and down
1: oh it's about 20 seconds for most people yeah. so yeah
0: and just enough time for a quick stretch as it's yeah, exactly <laughs>
2: as it's yeah, in between yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: now nah, awesome and like i said if you haven't um, checked these out um jump on and have a look you know even if you're not in the the market they just look really cool they're simplistic they're just, Look really nice, more like a piece of art. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it looks really, really cool. Thanks very much. Yeah, we were trying to really go for something that was like, you know, you see so much amazing, like, designer furniture Mm. out there. And it's kind of like we just, we tried to bring a lot of uh, influence from different, like, Scandinavian design. It doesn't
0: look like typical office furniture. This is like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's funny now because we get a lot of people saying we've got this, like, light, light tan, um, bamboo top and it's got a lot of shape to it and kind of curved edges and everything. And, you know, every now and then we still get the question like, ah, does it come in, come in white, like a plain kind of laminate white. It's like, haven't we got enough of that? Like, can't we bring a little bit of, you know, it's like when you see in an office now you see a lot more of like a lot more materials and exposed brick and you see, you know, more greenery and plants and all that kind of thing. We really designed it with a modern um, design sort of influence so that Mm. You know, it suits that environment. And even if you don't have that environment in there, in your office, adding these can kind of be a little bit of a feature because it's bringing some natural material into your space. And, yeah, yeah, we want it to be really nice to work on as well. So that's why we sort of – I try to make it like my uh, kitchen table, you know, like a real natural kind of big, you know, big sort of wooden natural sort of workspace area Um, and, you know, bring that to the office so you've got something that feels – you know makes you feel comfortable
2: Mm.
1: yeah
0: awesome man. i I like it i really really like them so to um to wrap up what are some of the your tips on the do's and don'ts of transitioning to a standing desk
1: yeah for sure so i guess as we touched on before you know definitely don't um put your don't, don't get rid of your chair and uh and and try and stand eight hours a day it's it's still good to use the chair and have a proper ergonomic chair. Um, be conscious of your footwear as you, as you discussed before. You know, it's really important, especially the high heels and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, check the flooring as well. If, you're using, if you've got a hard floor, try and use a, um, uh, an anti-fatigue mat or something like that. And then in terms of what you should be doing, try and start slowly. Try and transition um, gradually over maybe a three- or four-week period of time try and aim for maybe two hours a day to start off with. And then if that feels comfortable, increase it. Um, when you do feel fatigued or you do feel tiredness, definitely take a break and, and you know, switch between sitting and standing. Um, try and distribute your weight evenly between both of your feet and stand up really nice and straight and tall. And then I think a couple of the other things are really just around um, – you know the behavior and cultural sort of change within the office see if there's other people that will get on board with you so you're not just that one standout person because that always makes it harder for people to to change you know if you feel like you're the odd one out or you're the only person championing a new idea Mm. if you've got a group of people together um it really makes it a lot easier to 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 try new things and 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 break that old habit
0: that's a nice Uh, little upsell there Buy them bulk is what you Buy them by bulk, buy bulk,
1: <laughs> and you'll have more fun. <laughs> That's no, right. Like, you know, um, behavior change, when, because I started, when I brought it into my last job and I was like the only guy doing it yeah. for six months. And, you know, you've really got to be pretty keen and, and yeah. like focused to just be like, I don't care what anyone thinks, I'm doing this. Mm. And, uh, you know the bigger the we had a small small office small team so it didn't really matter too much but if you had a big office and there's you know 50 or 60 people and you're standing up and everyone's looking up at you all day long you're probably gonna you might give up after two weeks or something like that so you know and i think the other thing too is just think of ways that you can incorporate more movement into your day and reduce Mm -hmm. your sitting time right from when you're up in the morning and on your way to work so you know uh, maybe instead of driving every day of the week you might jump on the bike you might walk if you're on the train you can stand up instead of sitting for the whole commute um if you when you're at work if you've got stairs take the stairs instead of taking the lift um just those little bursts you know gets you moving a little bit more and then throughout the day if there's ways you can incorporate movement and walking so walking meetings definitely a good one standing meetings um lunch groups to get out of the office and you know, try not to eat lunch at your desk. They're all good things. Um some people do small things like, you know, they'll they'll move their bin further away from their desk. So if they've got to throw something out, they'll have to sort of get up and and pop something in the bin. Um another one is just talking to people face to face more often instead of sending emails. So instead of shooting an email across the room, jump up, talk to people face to face. So You know, we find that when people do this, it's actually great and has a really nice sort of uplifting um, impact on culture anyway because Mm. people are energized, they're talking more, they're sort of a little bit more vibrant anyway. So, um, you know, if we're locked in front of the screen sitting down hour after hour, um, headphones on, we're kind of a bit insular anyway. So these things definitely can have a positive impact on company culture and mood.
2: Mm,
0: definitely they awesome tips mate and where can we find you
1: yeah so the best place is um, movieworkspace.com um, and also check out our Instagram Facebook which they're all movie workspace
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well so it's Daniel Angelini um, you can find us through again movie workspace on um, LinkedIn and uh, we you know we're posting regular blogs and taking sort of snippets from the book and, and really sharing a lot of that stuff regularly so um, we'll continue to sort of put out more content uh, you know every month so yeah check it out and check out the blog and have a read um, we're pretty easy to get in touch with so if you've got any questions or um, need to ask specifics about the desk or if it will fit your office or whatever it might be just drop us a line through the website and we'll get back to you pretty quickly.
0: Awesome man. And everyone can jump on this standing revolution. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And get moving more.
1: That's right.
0: Thanks so much for your time, buddy. Thank you very um, much. Yeah, look forward to to seeing more of this content coming out. I love it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks very much. It's been really good to chat with you and uh, appreciate the support.
0: Okay, so thanks again for listening in. And to find out more, jump over to www.thebarefootmovement.com.au. And if you'd like to book An assessment uh, in clinic or online. um, You can do so there on the website.
1: This has been a production of the wellness couch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in conversation on Facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch. Streaming Wellness into your lives.